Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the Getting Over Podcast. We've got all your wrestling right here, and it's SummerSlam, one of the big ones. We've got all the guys, and did somebody say competition? Now, I know you long-time listeners of the Getting Over Podcast know that we're running a competition Full stop, we're running a competition. Subscriber competition is running and is going well. But this episode has its own competition. Can you believe it? I certainly can't. I might secretly enter myself because it's such a good competition. Find out the details and how to enter by listening to the podcast. So, let's get stuck in. Here we go. This is CookieCast getting over. Recording in progress. Shoot. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along, one and all, to your home of all things WWE on CookieCast, the Getting Over podcast. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, thank you very much for giving us a try, and hopefully you'll stick around. And uh, if you're a seasoned veteran of Getting Over, you'll know by now that I don't run these ropes on my own. I do have guests with me tonight, as always, and we have joining me, Mr. Andy Cook. Good evening. Mr. Paul Williams. Hola. And Mr. Matthew Moore. Clearly had to wait until Paul was drinking to introduce Paul. So. Oh. <laughs> now, normally we would start with the predictions title results. However, there's been such a monumental shift in the world of WWE in the last few weeks that it would kind of be remiss not to start straight away with that. Keep that warm Mr Cook so for the first time in, in not only the history of the podcast not only my fandom particularly of WWE but for the first time in my entire lifetime WWE is now an entirely Vince McMahon free zone in terms of the running of the company last time out uh, we covered the Wall Street Journal's reporting into some alleged misdemeanours shall we say of the now former chairman and since then more reports have surfaced alluding to further hush money payments made to former female employees of the WWE relating to possible sexual relations with Vince McMahon um, I, I, I'm, he's too far gone he's not even going to get a Bill Clinton out of this whole deal now so anyway whilst it's not as yet and will never probably really likely be officially confirmed it does seem that the retirement of Vince McMahon may be more a case of jumping before he was pushed. Did did any of us really see that this would be the way it would go? Did anybody actually ever see him retiring? I mean, no one ever saw him going in any regard. I think it was going to be a case of he was going to be one of those guys who was basically going to die at his desk. Um... I think as soon as it, as soon as like the allegations started coming out, it probably was a ticking clock as to when he was gonna step back, step down, you know, whatever, whatever sort of like tag you want to put on it. But I think in, in his 
in his own heart, he probably knew that he was working. He was he was living on borrowed time. Um, especially that I mean, had the company not been publicly listed, this probably wouldn't be an issue. But because the company's floating on the stock market, he can't. He, he hasn't really got a leg to stand on. If we're being honest, has he? No. Um, particularly as since the retirement announcement, it seems that the digging has, has also not really stopped. And reports have suggested that $14.6 million worth of payments that should have been recorded as company expenses have been unearthed. And those payments um, are, have been made to the alleged acquaintances of Vince McMahon that were paid out of company money and not his own funds. Um, with WWE being publicly traded as Paul rightly pointed out um, the accounts from 2019 2020 and 2021 are all now having to be amended and republished as a result of the uh, I mean shenanigans feels a bit of a light word for it <coughs> Tom Foolery mm, I definitely want anybody called Tom John Foolery <laughs> the Lower Night <coughs> So yeah, um, as as a bit of a strange aside, and the way that sort of the way that timings would work out, the retirement was announced on the twenty second of July, twenty twenty two. Twenty eight years earlier, out by one day on the twenty third of July, nineteen ninety four, Vince was cleared of all charges in the infamous steroid trials of the early nineties, and at the time, Vince McMahon was quoted as saying. Just like in wrestling, in the end, the good guy always wins. Oh, I'll just leave that there. Didn't age particularly well, did it? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. Because then on the back of the retirement being announced on the day of uh, SmackDown as well, right before it was due to go live, there was multiple reports that as the announcement was made, one Mr. Brock Lesnar subsequently left the TD Garden in Boston just hours before the live show, having felt blindsided by the announcement from somebody who he considered a close friend. Uh, I mean, we, we were sort of clutching that possibly one of the people that might have been paid was Sable previously. I mean, that's only pure our pure speculation just based around who left when and and what timing-wise. If that is the case, on the basis that Brock and Stable are obviously married, then that still seems a bit of a weird situation. But that, that may well just be us putting two and two together and getting five, and obviously none of that is, is proven or, or anything like that. Um, yeah, but thankfully, Brock did see sense and came back to fulfil his responsibilities and thankfully saved us from the inevitable Goldberg return and replacement at SummerSlam. So uh, I am I am pleased to say that that, that has not happened. Uh, have, have you all... S- oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. it's a very good point, Andy. There's still time. Come on. Triple, don't, triple count, threat now. don't count Smack Bill out. Man. Come on. <laughs> <clears throat> um, since, obviously, Vince is now gone, but clearly ripples felt throughout the... Uh, the organisation and with him gone who's the new boss 
yeah, if only it was as simple as one boss. Uh, so an, an announcement of that kind of magnitude and given all the baggage that's, that's come with it, and some of it still being unearthed, um, yeah, it was it was going to take a little bit of uh, sorting out. So, but but I guess to the surprise of absolutely nobody, Stephanie McMahon has been announced as the new chairwoman and co-CEO, along with Nick Khan sharing that role. Perhaps, though, the biggest surprise of all of this is that not only is Triple H now in charge of talent relations, but has also been given full creative control. How are we feeling about that? Yeah, should be a good thing. I mean, obviously, a lot of people would look back to his success with getting NXT off the ground. Arguably the best hour of TV in the wrestling world for four or five years at least. Um, so look at his successes there when he was when Vince appeared to have taken a, a fairly hands-off approach and just said, you go at it and do what you want to do. Um, I saw an awful lot of, uh, of memes that were doing the rounds that uh, it was that sort of um, Triple H is announced as uh, head of creative end of WrestleMania 39, it was just uh, Champa's face superimposed over the uh, over Roman Reigns' body, over the two titles, and I was like, I could see a lot of people getting on board with that. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd like to think that he's, he's got the track record for like pulling together good creative ideas and things like that, so depending on whether he's got to run it by the advisory board or whatever's in place at the moment. Obviously, we don't know how many writers are currently employed there. I'm, I'm pretty sure that at one point it was something as ridiculous like 14 or 15 writers or something like that. So if, they, if they're still having to be involved with <clears throat> coming up with some of the ideas for the TV and stuff like that, then we'll have to see what happens. But I think, I think on, the, on the whole, it's a, it's a positive move the company. I think if you think of how many podcasts we've recorded and how many are on how many of those podcasts have we taken a bit of a swipe at, at Vince and the booking decisions. This is this is episode forty six, plus we've done a few bonus episodes here and there. So I'm guessing a little bit of quick maths, uh all of them. Um it it's only gotta get better. It only has got to 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 me anyway. Like the my, my main question with it would be would be does he stick with the hand that he's got does he try and get back some of the people who were let go from NXT black and gold version when he went off with his his, uh, his health issues or does he then roll the dice on some of the new talent from 2.0 as it stands now because if he really has got a full control of it it's not going to stay the same Absolutely not going to stay the same. I'm not expecting it to be unrecognisable from the programming, you know, next week from what it has been the last two or three weeks. But I'm talking maybe by the time that we get to Survivor Series, it could be a very, very different landscape. I think I think for, they've got to kind of do it gradually, but they've got to do they've got to hopefully he'll get to show his strength at building characters. You know, and it's something kind of like listening. Oh, yeah, I'm listening to the, the podcast at the moment of like the 25 catchphrases that 
explain the attitude here and the kind of constant theme running through that is his influence and Shawn Michaels' influence in that. And I assume that both of those people are going to have significant influence going forward. And you know, the thing with with the Attitude Era was that it was an organic, not force-fed, gradual build of, of of the people who went over. It wasn't something that was forced. So hopefully they won't, you know, and I think it'll, it'll make them look ridiculous and it'll be the problem that we've had with the WWE for the 50-ish episodes that we've done of, ah, uh, shit, uh, let's let's kind of throw the, all the babies out with all the bathwater, um, and you know, and future bathwater as well, kind of thing. You know, so it can't be a complete reset, but hopefully it'll be a gradual reset of of bits and bobs as we go along. You know, like I had the misfortune of watching SmackDown mainly mainly out of that kind of like I want to see the the horrendous. I mean. Christ Almighty! If you didn't realise she was she was her father's daughter, uh, Stephanie McMahon coming out and doing that kind of thing at the start was just uh, it it was horrific. Um, and then obviously I watched you watched the rest of it to kind of like pick up bits and bobs and see see yeah uh, old broccoli Rob coming back at the end. But watching Pete Dunne as what is he? Brute? Oh, I can't think what his name is. Butch. Butch. And he's like this rabid dog at the, at the side of the ring that, like, Ridge Holland is having to control because he's that... And he looks like a petulant child. He doesn't look like some kind of maniac, kind of aggressive, kind of... I presume they may want him to look like... I've not seen it, but something out of Peaky Blinders that's meant to be like some nutcase who's desperate to do some do someone over. He just looks like a petulant kid trying to get in the ring, and it, it's it's a really bad kind of 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 a wrestler that was regarded as one of the best wrestlers in the world has now been reduced to that. You kind of think surely that surely that can be changed. But what you don't want is the kind of old school kind of thing of oh yeah by the way forget forget the butch thing um he's back to Pete Dunne now and he's back in his kind of like unitard thing and uh, wearing fake animal fur around his kind of thing and he's coming out doing his but there's got to be a, a better way of doing it and hopefully they'll do your more organic thing and react to instead of being this kind of, we've got to create comic book heroes and things like that. You know, it's that kind of thing of why, you know, why was why was Stone Cold Steve Austin so popular? Because he hated his boss and he was giving the middle finger to his boss and all that kind of thing. And it, people related to that. You know, why did people like DX? Because again, they were telling their boss to suck it. You know, and it, it, it's all that kind of thing of. They were kind of relatable, and to some extent, they've gone away to more this cartoonish side of these. All these look at all these jack dudes beating the living crap out of each other, and it kind of gets to the point where you're like, 
yeah, all right then. And then when it's like you said, it's that kind of force-fed element of everybody wanted Reigns to turn heel, but it's still this look at like, look at him. He's a superhero kind of thing. He's and it's that kind of you know how are they gonna navigate? I do, I do, I do I, I do agree with the thing with the with with that with the rain the rain thing, but I would say that like this is still the best iteration of his character. That oh ever no, yeah. Quite currently, and I mean we'll we'll touch on this later on, but on on the basis of by the time that SummerSlam rolls around, SummerSlam will be day six hundred and ninety nine of his universal title reign, um, and I'm still okay with him being champion at this point. And that, that's kind of twofold, though. That's on the basis of this is the best version of his character that there's been to date. And because of how dire the rest of the card is currently, there's nobody that can legitimately take that off him. And this is the bit, to me now, for want of a better expression and a more articulate expression, this really is, for me, shit or bust for WWE in the sense of, for, for all this time, like we alluded to, it's been Vince is the problem, Vince is the problem, the booking of Vince, the, the, you know, he's gone now. If we're still in this situation six months down the line, 12 months down the line, then what? Part of me wants to see scorched earth. Part of me wants, wants them to address it and say, this is where we were, we want to go in a new direction. You know, the, I, I think they should put a banner up under new management. And I think that they should literally just press, press stop or pause or whatever. And just change everything, and they should do it as a big, as a massive like. And, and when it at the end of the day, it always comes down to money, doesn't it? But they should do it as a multi, multi, multi million dollar relaunch. Scrap everything that's not working, which, as we were just saying for nearly fifty episodes, we've been saying is is a lot, and just zone in on what has been working well. You know, I was I was one of the one of the cheerleaders for for characters like the Fiend. You know, I, I've always I've always since day one been a Brock Lesnar fan. You know, you say what what is it that made Stone Cold so great? You know that sort of stuff. Well, those are things that they should be putting in boxes and going. What is what is it that made that great? What is it that makes that good? What is it that brings people back? What is it that makes people buy merchandise for a brand? That hasn't been great for probably longer than anybody wants to admit. Start, start fresh, start new. If if Vince is truly gone, why not? And that isn't something that they've shied away from under his tenure in in sort of important moments in their history. In the sense of when the Attitude Era launched, that was him at the beginning of that hitting a promo saying this is the way it's going to be. When it got to the what's now classed as the ruthless aggression era, same thing. He was like, they, they drew a line under it and off it went. So whilst, it, it kind of again, it's taking a leaf out of his book, I, I, I'm with you on that. This, I, this is a golden opportunity and it's almost going to be a shame if they don't take it. Whilst I, whilst I sort of like, kind of have parts of me that agree with what you, what you said, I think the main reason why they won't do that is because if they do do that, it's almost as if they're sort of taking the approach of 
let's get him swept under the carpet. Let's forget about everything that he's brought to the company and stuff like that. The reason they won't do that is that there's too many people there that until we sort of like get to the next generation of people, WWE, even if he's not there, WWE, no matter which way you slice it, which way you look at it, is Vince McMahon. And until until you've had a period of, say, five, six years where he's not been involved in any way, shape or form, I don't think you'll be able to look past the, the fact that, well, it's been what? He bought the company from his dad in, what, the late 70s, early 80s? Oh, I was born, so yeah. Um, so to all intents and purposes, the one constant that's been in that company, fair enough that like Bruce Pritchard's come and gone, gone back again. Um, Pat Patterson was there for periods of time and retired and came back again and now obviously he sadly passed away. Gerald Briscoe was there for time and then left. The one constant that's always been there has always been Vince McMahon. So like you said there, when you've gone through the changes in the eras and, and things like that, so you've had like the new attitude era or the attitude, sorry, the new generation. Then you had the attitude era, then you had the ruthless aggression era, and then you've had your, your, the PG era or whatever it is that we're currently in. Um, they've all been sort of bookmarked by he's been the constant. And I don't think they want to, Forget that. It's it's the sort of thing. As soon as it as soon as it came out that he'd retired, um, part of me obviously went into ooh storyline mode because that's just what you do as a wrestling fan and stuff like that. And then obviously it became apparent that that wasn't the case. And then the next part of me went ooh. Well, do they use this as an excuse to finally get him in the Hall of Fame in my, in April? But he won't allow that to happen. The only time he'll go into the Hall of Fame when he's dead. Yep. When he can't I think the veto basically. The possible good thing about it is is that if they get rid of some of like the like petty little pedantic things that he insisted upon, you know, like you know, Corey Rhodes, uh, Corey Cody saying that uh, I'll have it uh, Cody saying that he was getting fined a thousand pound every time he said belt. And, you know, obviously he has enough cash to be like, fuck it, I'll keep on saying belt. And every time I say belt, I'll quite happily hand over the grand. But that's pathetic. It's genuinely pathetic. So, and those are the sort of little changes that all creep in at the beginning, which start to signify the changes that are being made. And, in fact, it kind of already has started because on commentary on SmackDown on the Friday night after it was all announced... They had um, Kofi and Xavier Woods on commentary and both of them referenced other wrestling companies in Ring of Honor and New Japan. That would have never have happened with Vince there. They've they've also as well, and, and this was announced actually just before the retirement thing, but Raw's TV rating has been changed to PG-14 again. So whether that was done with a view to they knew what was coming, because it was all around a very similar time frame. Um, but just just from Raw this past week, they, they, they let a few sort of, I mean, not proper swears, let's be fair, we'd probably say worse on here, but like the language was, was a little more uh, loose, shall we say. So it's 
there are the difficulty is is that like you said about we'll go back to what you were saying Matt about about the characters being relatable those taking those things out like not calling a belt a belt and so on and so forth what kind of sterilizes it a little bit just let the people be people let them talk how people would actually talk like and and that that will then organically grow the characters are you, are you saying Stu that if one of them happens to get hurt in the ring that they would be taken to a hospital and not a local medical facility it would entirely depend on whether they were wrestling on a premium live event or a pay-per-view yes I uh, I, I concur entirely <laughs> and obviously um, the use of him and he he isn't a person is he because uh, you know that's that's an impersonal pronoun and uh, as we as we know from various podcasts over the years pronouns pal <laughs> well I think just to, to draw a line on it because we could probably do the whole podcast just on Vince but I think we've we've, we've done we've done a fair bit so just to draw a line on it, I think for me personally, I, I want to see them take the opportunity that they've been handed now. Yes, it's not in fantastic circumstances, but just they've got every chance now to, to make right quite a few of the wrongs. And if they don't, they're on very shaky ground. So, so yeah. Well, speaking of, of new opportunities as well, um, it has been determined that whilst it's not a setup for, uh, for SummerSlam this coming uh, weekend, on SmackDown the night before, the challenger for the uh, WWE Universal Heavyweight Undisputed Championship will be decided, and it will be either Sheamus or Drew McIntyre. And they will challenge for that title at Clash at the Castle. So... Well confused there. I thought you were talking about SummerSlam's main event being changed there. No, no, no. So this is what's going to happen. So whoever wins, basically, at SummerSlam, providing that money in the bank doesn't come into play, they will then face the winner of of Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. I did see just before we uh, went to record that it had been given some kind of crappy um, stipulation, weird name match. I have no idea what it is. Nor do I care. However, Drew McIntyre better win or else. Anyway. They've basically got... They've got it, it, there was a big big table of shillelaghs, shillelaghs are they? The, mm-hmm. the little Irish stick things. Um, so Drew's not allowed to use his sword because, you know, that would literally kill somebody. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, so basically what they've done there is they've outlawed murder. Yeah. You know, kind of... I mean, we're in America, so... <laughs> Um, you know, couldn't possibly comment on any kind of things. Um, but um, but you know, yeah, he can't use his sword. But big table full of shillelaghs for him to beat the living crap out of each other with. <laughs> <laughs> Off the back of the the clash at the castle as well, they have just announced another UK show. Um, it's going to be in Glasgow on October the thirtieth. Uh, tickets are already on sale, so I guess if you're north of the border and you fancy it. Things might have started to change a little bit by then, because that is a couple of months down the line, so it might be worth a look. Um, and just very briefly jumping ship slightly to uh, the the other side, if you like. Vince's other company, as Andy will, uh, will like to say. Yeah. 
Because he's only retired from WWE, Andy Duff. Don't Correct. forget, he's not retired from the other. Correct. Full, cre- full creative control over AEW. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, after making the jump from WWE to AEW, Claudio Castagnoli has now picked up the Ring of Honor world title. So he's gone from one company to another company, but won the world title of a different company. Keeping up? Good. Um, so yeah, so he went and joined the Blackpool Combat Club alongside AEW Interim World Champion John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Wheeler Utah, and then their leader William Regal. But as AEW recently acquired Ring of Honor, we were we were always going to get like a crossover um, because it's something that they could do and get away with, and quite probably do it fairly well. Um, but yeah, the recent death before this on a pay per view, Claudio got a, a Ring of Honor World Title shot against Jonathan Gresham. In a bit of a kind of odd move, the world title match actually opened the show. I know that it has been done before, but on a cat, including the pre-show, it was fifth out of eleven matches. So for the live audience, that would have felt a bit of a weird flow. Uh, but yet, Claudio won his first ever world title in one of the bigger companies, um, and whilst his win has been a long time coming. The aftermath has been kind of somewhat soured for me, um, with Jonathan Gresham requesting his release from the company, citing creative differences. Uh, at the time of recording, the, the release is yet to be granted, but it seems that Tony Khan may be experiencing his first taste of what life is like on the tougher end of running more than one brand of wrestling. Um, despite the fact that he did absolutely nail Vince McMahon with a tweet as well, which I know that Matt particularly enjoyed. Given, given the fact that he he's now, well, he does he does tweet an awful lot. Not about Fulham for all you Fulham fans out there, um, but um, yeah, very very quick to note he's now the longest reigning CEO in all of uh, professional wrestling. That's that's got like flavours of when Kevin Owens came out after like the day, like the second day after he won the Universal title and was like, I'm the longest reigning Universal champ of all time. Oh, yeah, that was textbook. So, um, also, speaking of, of other sort of wrestling, that's technically, technically non-WWE, although it does include two Hall of Famers, uh, we've also got Ric Flair's final match coming up the same weekend as SummerSlam. Uh, it's not a singles match, you'll be pleased to know. It did get announced that it's going to be Ric Flair and son-in-law Andrade El Idolo versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. So we've got a little bit of little bit of history there for the final match. First and foremost, it's got to be his final match for sure this time, right? I think even he, he like, if, if, on a, on a sort of a, have you seen the the like the released videos leading up to it and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm a bit of a homer because I listen to all of his podcasts anyway, and it's apparently. Um, Conrad is actually support. He's listed as the promoter of the event. Um, really, really good. I've really enjoyed watching them and stuff like that. The vignettes leading up to it and things like that. And I think it's been put together really well. I have to say, for a, for a guy his age, he's actually in much better nick than I anticipated. Having seen some of those training regimes that he's been going through with Jay Lethal in the, in the first place. Yeah, like, and uh, there's obviously nothing wrong with his um, his 
arteries and stuff like that, as uh, he uh, he's he's able to uh, pipe out a, a, a hell of a lot of claret. So, well, I mean, we went from starting the podcast talking about a man who we thought could potentially die in the job. This is kind of the epitome of that, surely. Like this, this guy for me is not going to be happy until he's done. But yeah, it's. I thought it, it was worth a mention, not only just for the, the, that being the main event, but they've got a hell of an undercard. So if uh, if, if SummerSlam isn't maybe ticking all your boxes, mm-hmm. check out the undercard on that. Um, huge amount of wrestlers from all different promotions, Impact, New Japan, anywhere and everywhere, basically. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, hopefully, it all goes off without a hitch. You don't want to see it, but I'm, I, I really don't want this weekend to end with the overwhelming theme being, oh my God, did you see what happened to Ric Flair? Nobody needs that. Okay. You'd like, you'd like to, th- you'd like to think that they'll be like, you know, crawling with medical personnel and stuff like that in case something does go badly wrong. You know, so. And then he's been properly checked over as well. You yeah. know. Yeah. We've, uh, before we move on to talk about the predictions title and then do the SummerSlam predictions for this episode, um, we have been running a, a subscriber competition on Getting Over in recent months uh, in the push to 100 subscribers. Well, this month, thanks to a little bit of good fortune on my part, I decided that I'm going to pass that on to you guys. So we're going to have a spot prize and if you've listened along this far, thank you very much. And you essentially could be rewarded for doing so. Um, as you all know, for the main prize, once we reach 100 subscribers, I'm going to be giving away two Alexa Bliss Funko Pops. One to a new subscriber and one to someone that's been here since the beginning. But on top of this, I have this very Dude Love Funko Pop. Brand new inner protector that will be given away on this very episode. So, what do you have to do to, to win the Funko, I hear you ask? Well, firstly, subscribe to the channel. We know. Um, if you haven't already done so, obviously get on that. Then, I would like you to comment on the video with the name of Mick Foley's other two character names. So, I guess the question in full would be, which trio make up the three faces of Foley? Dude Love... And who else? A winner will be chosen at random from the correct entries and then contacted before the release of the next episode. Um, This means that you have roughly, probably around three weeks from the release of this podcast to enter the Dude Love competition. So, good luck. Thank you very much again for listening. And just before we move on from that, probably should take a little bit of a break. You won't notice a thing. It'll just give you time to go and do the subscribing and the commenting. Make sure you do it, because genuinely, this can very well be on its way to you. Um, and if you are listening along and not watching along, it gives you just another excuse to go and watch the video too. So yeah, we'll have a tiny, tiny break, and we'll be right back with all of the predicting past and future. Recording in progress. And we are back. That was quick. Hopefully you've been in there, done the subscribing, and left your comments to try and win that Dulo Funko Pop. And in a little bit of a change to the, the regular schedule, this 
episode is where we're gonna we're now gonna take the uh, predictions title business. So regulars will remember that last time out, Matt stood proudly atop of Predictions Mountain after taking the title with a clean sweep. With the often unpredictable nature of the Money in the Bank matches, however, would holding on to the title prove to be a difficult task? Well, we could go through the matches one by one if you want. Or I can just tell you. What do you want to, what do you guys want to do? Do you want, do you want me to do you want me to drag out the pin for somebody or do you want me to just rip the plaster off? I'm 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 just gonna do it. I'm not getting any response. So I just yeah. wanna know, but I don't wanna I don't wanna rob anybody of like a breakdown. Well unfortunately for Matt, he went from first to worst, acquiring a total of three points out of a maximum of seven. The only sweetener for him, perhaps, was the fact that he wasn't alone, as I joined him on three points. It felt a little familiar, that, so I had a little quick look through the results from the last year, uh, oh, well, as in from the year so far, so January onwards. I found that the last time I didn't finish last, or joint last, was the Royal Rumble predictions. Consistency is key, right? Um, so yeah. Anyway, the battle for first place rages on between Paul and Andy. And we have now kind of become accustomed to Andy being in the running for the title. What feels probably like most episodes. But did Paul pip him? So we have one person on four points. And that person is Andy. So it gives Paul the championship victory. And not only was it a win, but Paul, you managed to get six out of a possible seven points. And it was only the addition of theory to the money in the bank match that potentially scuppered your clean sweep. So well done, Paul. Top effort. Any, any, any words to uh, cement your momentous victory? I think the, the second that I tuned into the pay-per-view and saw oh, that as part of the video package that Mad Cat Moss was like involved in the video package, I was like, well, that means he's in the, that means he's in the ladder match. So I've definitely got a point there. And I knew it was I knew it was gonna be mad here. Unfortunately for me, my internet connection just went there, 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 and I couldn't hear any of what you just said. So, unfortunately, I have had the benefit of not being able to hear Paul gloat about his victory, at least. Um, so, thank, thank you very much, internet. Um, I'm, wow. assuming, I'm assuming that he mentioned something about my cat moss or something, um, seeing as he was the only person that did pick that. Um, I will, however, say that. Um, Andy and Paul picking Lashley to win the US title back, having Paul, you know, always, always against the hot potato of the title. I, I, that, I think that was a, a bit of a bit of a surprise pick for me. But yeah, he did well. So didn't I have him down to win it by like DQ though? Yes, you did. But a win is a win because uh, oh no, sorry, Andy had him down to win by DQ. You had him down to win by count out. So so yeah. But yeah, it was. Um, other, other than that, I'd say it was largely predictable, but clearly not for me and Matt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we'll move on from the Money in the Bank predictions to this coming weekend's predictions. So SummerSlam is coming to us live from the Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, this coming Saturday, 
Wednesday and Saturday. Cannot get used to the Saturday business. Well, as always, I've taken the card from WWE.com and it is correct at the time of recording. So, with WWE being WWE, however, um, the card is subject to change. Currently, I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, now 9 matches total. And they are as follows. First up, Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. So, in the absence of his fallen brethren, Randy Orton, Riddle has now found himself to have the attention of one Seth freaking Rollins. It's well known that in real life, Rollins hasn't always been a particular fan of Riddle. And the heat for that kind of came around some comments that was made in the past about Becky Lynch. That was all kind of at the centre of it. And until very recently, Rollins had, had never worked in ring with Riddle. A few of you may remember that um, they were penned to work against each other in a Survivor Series match. And before it really got underway, Rollins just took himself out of the match and walked to the back. So they've never really sort of been in contact until, until very, very recently. Things do appear to have changed. And we now do get this grudge match between two guys who are clearly very talented. And... Uh, and I would probably suggest at different stages in their career, in the sense of Riddle's chasing the top of the card, and Rollins is kind of looking to sort of reaffirm his dominance there, because he's, he's never really been far away, he's just not really been in that world title picture recently because of the whole Roman Reigns thing, I guess. Uh, so yeah, very, very simple grudge match going in. First one on the predictions slate, who is taking the victory? Who would like to go first? I've gone with Riddle. Um, I think, I think, unfortunately, Rollins' position in the company seems to be to put people over. I think they're trying to. I think Riddle would definitely be pushed a little bit more. I think. Okay, I, I actually, I, I, I'll go straight in there as well. I agree with Matt. I think everything that we've talked about previously on this episode as well, with the, the change in positioning and, and who could potentially then get. You know the benefit from all of that. I think Riddle is probably prime contender of the guys that are currently there or thereabouts. So yeah, I agree with Matt. I've gone for Riddle as well. Andy, I have gone almost completely the opposite. I've gone with Seth freaking Rollins, um, and for almost the complete opposite reason. I think Riddle's kind of kind of cemented at the moment. But like you were saying in your build-up. Rollins could probably do to get something going at this point because it's like a, 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 a what are we doing here, you know, nearly beating Reigns and stuff and things like that. It's a bit like maybe a win now is a good move with this whole, as you know, what we were talking about earlier with like good moves, different moves, changing it up a bit. Maybe it's time to do a bit of a push. It, it is a point. Um, Purely as well, just harking back to the fact that Rollins was the first ever NXT champion, and who was in charge of that? So yeah, there there is the link there as well. So yeah, that, either way, it, I think I think it's a good shout. So currently, our predictions swing in favour of the original bro. Where are you going, Paul? I I've sort of struggled with this one because I don't think I don't think there's a clear sort of Winnery. I, th I think it's one of those ones where you could probably make an argument for either one of them getting the win. 
to sort of push them on to the next chapter. Excuse me, one thing I would want to know is what's the status of Orton? Still out. Back, in, back injury, the current projection is December. Now, is that definite or is that like a rumours thing like where no one really knows the full extent or... I'd say it's more from what's been reported from news sources as opposed to anything that they've put out because they're still going to... When I was doing my research earlier, everything said that the injury is keeping him out. There's no like, oh, we might we might see him as a surprise. Everything was like, he, he don't expect to see him anytime soon. Mark it down now. Surprise entry for the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So my, my thing was going to be, obviously, long-term storybooking, you'd imagine at some point they're going to want the payoff of Orton turns on Riddle that's your WrestleMania match, but if he's if he's not if he's not if he's not cleared to compete now, then it probably makes more sense to push that off till till Royal Rumble. In which case, I think it's probably more likely that Riddle gets the win and gets to move further up the card, so that when it when Orton does come back, it costs him either a big match or costs him the win in the Rumble. To stop him from getting to Mania, and that's what puts them together for the Mania match. Um, so I'll go for I'll go for Riddle to win to to continue the build towards him having another title match. Although he can't, can he? As as long as Reigns is the champion, yeah. But then bear in mind that there is money in the bank in play these days as well. So yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll move on. So that that does. But us three to one in favour of Riddle for that one. But the next match I have on my card is Logan Paul versus The Miz. I almost didn't write an intro for this match, so uh, Andy, over to you. I I have to do this as fast as as I possibly can, like ripping a plaster off. <sighs> I have had to go for a points prediction here. Because can you please put me down for <laughs> let's put it this way um paul paul how are you how are you doing this evening? Have you ever seen Logan the movie um is that is that acceptable? Can we do it that way? <laughs> Well, I, I can I can still give you a bit of background. I figured that I would, you would enjoy uh, getting that shot in first before I did. But um, but yeah, so these guys were friends at WrestleMania in a victory over the Mysterios until Miz then gave Logan Paul a skull-crushing finale in the aftermath. Fast forward to last month, Logan Paul officially signs his WWE contract. I think we talked a little bit about that last time and, and Andy enjoyed it just as much at that point as well, if I remember. Um, yeah, and then set his sights on the Miz. Uh, Logan Paul is not just Andy. Uh, Miz has been trying to convince him to team up with him again. Let's go after the tag titles, he said. Uh, nope, was the answer. And the, the match, singles match, has been set for SummerSlam. So I think I think Andy was it, it was on the tip of his tongue, like with a little bit of build up there. Have, have you now settled the stomach? Can you possibly give us that prediction? 
I feel my prediction has been given in a roundabout way that I don't have to actually say it. Um, it from from a from a business perspective, from a however you want to slice it perspective, the thing that makes the most sense is to put the win on the YouTube star rather than the almost bulletproof WWE superstar. It it writes itself. No matter how much I hate it, it writes itself. So there it is. I have been been painted into a corner to make this prediction. You you're not in that corner on your own because I I have I have gone for Logan Paul as well um, for the exact reason you mentioned. This is debut after all. Like what what the, you know? Where have they got to go if he gets smashed in the first one? Are we in agreement, Mister Moore? Yeah. Yeah, I just wrote. I can I can send you a picture of my predictions. I wrote Logan Paul, and then in brackets, bar, because um, <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I mean, me and Andy have both shared our feelings on the Paul brothers um, regularly on this podcast, and the fact that this is now a thing. Um, yeah, that sucks. But yeah, he's been. He has been putting in some training, so you know it might not just be a thing on <laughs> the podcasts of the Big Four. He genuinely might be doing this full time now. So <sighs> strap yourselves in, boys. Paul, put me down for the Miz, please. Ooh, why four? Why four? So the reason is, if it's if it's if it's legit that he's signed this. Multi, I don't even know what they said. It was, I don't know if it was multi year or multi match contract or whatever it was that they said. So, their obviously intention is that this isn't just going to be a one off. Obviously, the, the idea is going to be that he's going to come in and do several events. He's not going to win them all. So, why not test him? See how he's like, see how he's like, sort of boo boo faces if he loses his first singles match and like. Neither one of them are going to get cheered in this. So they've kind of put him with the best person possible to, to give him a defeat, if that mm. makes sense. Because yeah. this this match runs one of the... It, it runs a very sort of fine line of people are either going to be so vocal about it that it just gets booed out of the building or the, the complete opposite where it's just going to be complete apathy and no one's going to be... Like, everyone's just going to be like, well, we don't really care, so we're just going to not. We're just not going to say anything. We're going to sit on our hands for the next twenty-five minutes or whatever. Um, but I reckon this could be the one where they, they put they put the win on the Miz to to sort of test his metal, see what he's made of and stuff like that. If, if they really want to test him, they could get the Miz to rip up that Pokemon card after it's finished as well. Anyway, there's every chance they might do that. Obviously, it'll be a fake one, but that would that would be. Yeah, there's every chance that's gonna. If, it, be it, a, if they rip up an actual shiny Charizard card, regardless of it, if it's the one or not, like, I'm trying to work it out. Let, let's say 14 year old Paul Williams will be fucking raging. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be, it's probably going to be like a match at Survivor Series, the Pokemon card on a stick or something like that, kind of match or something like that. Uh, oh, 
how, how did we ever get to this? Anyway, right, we'll move on from that absolute shower. Um, and the theme of the night from here on out is rematch. You might have heard some of these matches before in the not-too-distant past. And the first on that slate from this point is the WWE Undisputed Tag Team title match, which is the champions that Usos defending against the Street Profits. These guys did square off at Money in the Bank. Uh, the Usos did pick up the win, despite the shoulders of Montez Ford not being down for the title retaining pinfall. So how do we combat bad officiating? Get somebody who doesn't do it normally. That sounds good, right? This isn't just anyone, however. It is WWE Hall of Famer, Double J himself, Jeff Jarrett. So he is, he is himself Double J pulling double duty this weekend in both his officiating and wrestling capacity. Uh, is, is that going to make a difference? Is he going to call it down the middle? And if so... Will we see the first chink in the armour of the unstoppable force that has been the bloodline over the past year or so? The, the fact that they've got a special referee in... I, 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 no, I'm still going for the Usos. So. <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. I just, I just can't help it. So I've, I'm not going to mess around with that one anymore. Usos for the win for me. Paul is nodding. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's nodding. This, uh, this, this. Uh, in theory, if it goes, if it goes to type and did uh, the same sort of business as the money in the bank, this should be sleeper pick for uh, hot match of the night because the tag match at Money in the Bank was excellent. Yeah, it was absolutely. It was. I think that was match of the night, Money in the Bank. It was the one. Was. And when the finish happened, it had that weird air of, oh my god, the. There's been a there's been a bit of a botch there. Like, what the hell's happened? And then it was yeah. like, I I don't th- I don't think that was supposed to happen. I think they I think they balls up with the camera angles there. Mm. And then as soon as they replayed it on the screen, I think Ford sort of gone into, oh, I think I can probably get something out of this. I know I, I know we talked about it last time, and this is going to make me sound like an absolute Montez Ford fanboy, but Jesus Christ, that guy is well big. He's like. He is he is gunning for a singles title in the next twelve months. I'm I'm telling you, like there's there's like he's probably going to be over as like a popular babyface, but there's there's a there's a heel in there. There's he'll he'll make money as a as a as a you know twat bad guy. Has he got? Is he the? Is he Bianca Belair's? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, he's he's a heel. There's no way he's got to be a babyface. He's 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 a a, heel. His athleticism is just off the chain. Like his, like his hops, it, like the height he gets on like his frog splashes and so that is unreal. He must legitimately be like fifteen feet in the air. He's got he that he weird heel. He's like, I, I think he'll be, a, he'll be a really good heel. That just hopefully they'll go straight with that. He's got that, you know, you know, in a hard combat again. You know, sound like I'm in a hard combat to the attitude here. He's got that. Shawn Michaels kind of like shitty in grin, yeah, like cocky, cocky twat sort of yeah. bit of that sort of feel. That I think they've they've got it pre written really that they can do like, if they want they can do couples warfare and flip flop whoever's the bad guys and the good guys between him and Bianca and Becky and Seth, and it doesn't even have to have a main event title involved in it. It could no. be 
title or like whatever it could be to elevate sort of Montez. But anyway, skipping ahead, probably a good 12 months or so there. Um, so yeah, so I was seeing nods all round. Are we all in agreement that the Usos are going to win? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Clean sweep and across the board. That does no favour to anybody's points. And Paul picking the Miz could prove... Uh, and similarly, uh, Andy picking Rollins could prove decisive at this point. So again, rematch. Remember, rematch being the theory. That uh, theory, theme. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the theory match. Ah, so yeah, quite simply, theory gets his rematch from Money in the Bank. The only difference is here is that now... He also holds the Money in the Bank briefcase and has the chance to finish the night as a double champion when he tries to reclaim his US title from Bobbly Lashley. Um, Lashley absolutely dismantled Theory in the first meeting and nothing really says Money in the Bank cashing like getting absolutely beaten to a pulp a good hour before it gets cashed in. So are we going to go down that route? Is he going to just win it? What's going to happen? Um, I am not going to go first this time. I will let you guys fight amongst yourselves as to who's going to take this. Take the US gone, title. I've gone bobbly. I'm going to go for... Um, obviously, eh, on Raw, obviously he got absolutely ruined by Roman Reigns. And yep. I'm going to go with... Because obviously it's... If, if they are going for this kind of complete, like, get rid of any mention of Vince, obviously the fact that he was, like, his poster child, as it were, that's kind of got to be moved out, I would suggest. So I think it's going to be a bad night for theory. Um, did, so I think did, he's going to lose this one. Did you see the promo? Sorry, sorry, Matt. Did you see I'm, the promo or how they dealt with it? I've not seen so, all of it, no, no. So basically, it started out, the only reference that Roman Reigns made to the whole situation was him saying to Theory, Daddy's gone now. And then the whole crowd were chanting, who's your daddy at Austin Theory, which was just, for me, it was perfect. Like, it really, really, really worked. It was a good way to do it. So yeah, sorry, but if you haven't seen that, it is worth a watch because it was very funny. Yeah. And so yeah, I just think it's going to be like a, a bit of a kind of destruction of theory kind of thing. So he'll lose this and then probably quickly, I would say. I think it'll be a quick loss and then there'll be the potential for him to cash in later on, but he'll lose that cash in as well and then that'll be done and dusted. Bold, bold prediction. Right, okay. Uh, Paul? Part of me would quite like to see him win the US title and then successfully cash in and then the next week pick a tag partner and go and win the tag belt so that he's literally got like oh and then just manage to take over like whoever it is that's got the Intercontinental title at the minute and literally just have everything. I'd like it's never going to happen but I just, I just love to see it. Like if he was like, he's basically like, and then just like have like one of the twenty fours or whatever, just like watch him having to try and take all the belts through through security and stuff out of the airport. 
I don't think we need an exorcism because Paul's been possessed by Vince there. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I think, I think uh, old Bobbly will uh, will retain. I also don't think we're going to get a cash. In. I think we'll get the tease, but I think uh, something will stop him from actually physically cashing. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to the main event stuff. I'm sure. Uh, Andy, to round us out, can I have every word of Matt's prediction, please? Just, just pretend it's come out of my mouth. Like every single thing he said, I was like, yep, yep, yep. Damn it, I should have gone first. Bobbly retain and a cash in before the end of the night. Anyone can hear me? Oh, you just came through then. Yeah, unfortunately, my internet thought Paul was talking again and decided not to let me hear any of what Andy was saying, so. A a retain and a cash in before the end of the night. Right, so we've got the last two matches and clean sweeps across. All right. Uh, I think we might get a difference of opinion this time around. Next match on the card I have is one Mr. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. So after losing a last laugh match on SmackDown a few weeks ago to Madcap Moss, Happy Corbin attempted to take out his anger on the SmackDown announcer, Pat McAfee. In true charismatic style, McAfee got the better of Corbin on the mic and the crowd joined in somewhat to taunt Corbin all the way out of the arena. Uh, if you've seen any, any of this, the phrase, bum-ass Corbin, may be familiar to you. Uh, the challenge was laid out by Pat McAfee on the next episode of SmackDown. No reply was given until the end of Money in the Bank, where Corbin didn't really say too much other than just kicking ten bells out of him as Money in the Bank was going off air. So, game on. Who wins? Paul, do you want to go first this time? Um, he's not had a win on. Well, I suppose he beat Theory at WrestleMania and then lost to Vince. Hmm. <sighs> um, stick me down for a Corbin win. Just because I, I don't, I don't see how they. Surely you can't keep losing. He's he is becoming the Miz, effectively. But I, I know, I know, he's, I know, he's very much disliked us. But I think, I think he's a tremendous character. I think, I think his character's brilliant. I think he's really good because he's he's nailed that. Oh, people don't like me. Oh, oh, sorry. Was was I supposed to give any of a shit? He's got that. He's got that down to a T. Um, yeah, I think. I think he'll win, but I think someone will cost McAfee the match. But I don't know who. Okay. Um, I've gone straight in with a Corbin win. As much as that pains me to say it, I think he needs it more, like more than the guy effectively who is a part timer and has a job to do, regardless. So, yeah, Corbin, for me, um, yeah, just he, he needs that win. He needs to get going again. He And again, it pains me to say it, why not give him a run with the Intercontinental title at this this stage? Because both of like the Intercontinental title 
and Baron Corbin, as was, both need a bit of a revamp at this stage in time, so why not? Andy? I'm going the other way, I'm afraid. Well, Pat, for me. I've, I've gone with who who is it that that needs a win and who is it that can afford a loss with a lot of the predictions this evening. And I feel it's that way. Pat could do with the the win. Corbin can easily take that loss. So that's the way I've predicted it. Plus, I, I quite like Pat McAfee. So. He's very good. He, yeah. He's probably the... The second best part of SmackDown, I should imagine, at this point in time, in many ways. So, Matt? I've gone Pat McAfee as well. Ooh, see, I thought we would get a split this time. And it has been right down the middle. Uh, any reason for picking him, other than the fact that he wants some free um, virus protection? I don't know. No. I, there's no no <laughs> no particular reason to it. I I, I yeah. Um, I possibly he's a big name. I yeah. I, I think it's that kind of thing of uh, you know. It's a, yeah. He's a big name and it kind of fits him promoting the company at the moment. Okay. Right, at this point we do have four matches left to predict. It's quite a big card this compared to, to recent mm. um, premium live events. So I feel that it may well be time to just have a little refresh, grab yourself a drink, go and do all the subscribing and enter that Doodle Funko competition, get it all done and we shall be back with you in, well, quicker than you can blink. Recording in progress. And now you can blink, because we're back. So, four matches to go on these predictions. And the first of the last match will be the Raw Women's Title Match. And again, with the rematch theme, here we go. So, this is, though, however, a story that does go all the way back to last year's SummerSlam, where a returning Becky Lynch took the SmackDown Women's Title from Bianca Belair in 26 seconds. This time around, the match is for the Raw Women's title. Um, but both have been Raw Women's champions since uh, last year. Becky drafted from um, SmackDown to Raw, traded the title in that infamous handoff with uh, Charlotte Flair. And Bianca then actually beat Becky at WrestleMania for a little measure of redemption at the time. However, Lynch sees this as her redemption story, not Bianca's, and is aiming for the top spot once again, at seemingly any cost. And I guess the only bit is, will Lynch taste gold again at this event, or will Belair outlast the 26 seconds that she mustered last year and go on to retain? Uh, Matt, do you want to go first on this one? I've gone for a Belair retention. I don't think Lynch needs... The title to kind of keep on going, kind of thing. So yeah, I've just gone with Belair. I think she, I think she kind of needs the title at the moment. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay, Paul, Paul's nodding along there. Yeah, part of me wants to sort of go with the. Do they just give her the reverse of what happened last time and give her the win in like thirty seconds or something? Like that? But I, I, you'd like to think they wouldn't just 
shaft Lynch like that if she's been back for a year. Um, I think Belair will win, but I think it'll be a, a nice, long, competitive match. I think they had one of the better matches again at WrestleMania as well, so it's not like they're, you know, that the match last time round was purely because it was uh, Becky Lynch's return at, at SummerSlam, so they're not incapable of putting together a, a good match and against a, a potentially card-stealing match if they really want to. Um, if it's if it's unclear at this point, I have also gone for Bianca Belair to win. I could not agree more with the fact that the, the you know the woman proclaiming to be the greatest, the roughest, the toughest, the fastest, and all that business. She needs to have that title because without that title, that character kind of falls flat pretty quick. Um, she's been in chase mode for a long time, building up to WrestleMania, and really, this title reign hasn't really yet really got going for me. It's been a bit samey. So yes, it is Becky again. Yes, they've got the opportunity to move on after this, especially if things get shaken up, but I think that the title stays with Belair. Andy? This was a really tough pick for me, and I thought I was going to be out on my on points island, but apparently not, because I'm also on the Belair to retain. I'm very much with you on this one, though, Stu, with the... I keep coming back to the shake-up. I think this will be the kind of end for this, and they'll just move on from it feels like a good point in time to just just move on yeah and like they, they had the chance as well with with bringing Asuka back into the fold and yes that you know Becky Lynch has fought Asuka almost to death at, at times but I, I still find it strange I, I, that they didn't bring Asuka into this match in some way shape or form whether it's singles or, or you know triple threat or whatever but I'm um, yeah, just bizarre. I really hope they do move on now because I think, like you say, I think this is this is a good point to finish it. So right, so that's a, a, we have a, we have another clean sweep. So we shall move on to a no disqualification tag team match between the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic, versus the Judgment Day uh, in Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Recently, the Judgment Day have been making an attempt to recruit Dominic Mysterio to their ranks. And whether this is like legit or just to get under the skin of Rey Mysterio kind of remains to be seen. There have been a few singles matches between all of the four competitors um, over the last few weeks. So the tag match was, was kind of a logical progression. However, we did get that on this past week's Raw. The Mysterios got the win at the, after Rey had given a very impassioned speech celebrating his 20-year WWE anniversary as well. Uh, but they Judgment Day didn't really take the loss particularly well, smashing Ray and Dominic backstage. And then the, the, the rematch, here we are again with that word, the rematch was made. Uh, this time a stipulation of the no disqualification was added. So I guess it's it's a chance for Judgment Day to level the score, perhaps, or the Mysterios to, to put it to bed early doors. So um, on that note, I have gone for Judgment Day. They formed this group. Edge got it up and running. They binned him off. And then two out of the four people that probably should have taken that story forward got injured in Rhea Ripley and, and Edge. And they've sort of floundered a little bit since. I know Rhea Ripley did come back on, on Raw this past week, but it, it seems a little bit 
they, they, they need some traction. Mysterios are a, are a good team to do that against. Obviously, Ray's the, the, the bigger name of the two, but I, I think Judgment Day, again, going back to what we've all talked about tonight, being Finn Balor and Damian Priest, two of the NXT guys as well, it's a good good chance to get them sort of rolling again. So, Judgment Day all the way on this one for me. Andy? Yeah, absolutely everything you've said there. Uh, there was a point earlier today where I was like, uh, Mysterios maybe, but yeah, I agree with everything you've said. It's 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 a good point in time to, to build that. So yeah, Judgment Day. Terminator 2 style. Just it, it just seems strange to give the Mysterios the win on Raw, like as they did, and then if they then win again this weekend, it just seems a little bit... Yeah. So... Matt? I've also gone for Balor and Priest Judgment Day um, kind of like you said and Balor is firmly the coin to paraphrase somebody to paraphrase CM Punk he is a Triple H guy I think is the uh, the phrase he is firmly a Triple H guy so uh, yeah <clears throat> hopefully that means it'll be a big push for him in whatever iteration um, he's in once old Trips gets full, fully hands of the reins, as it were. Um, but definitely at the moment, I think, like I said, this, the Judgment Day thing is... I mean, I didn't get it. I didn't get it to start with. I kind of don't get it now, but if they're going to kind of keep on pushing on with it, then they kind of need to... Um, kind of keep it going with with this match. Um, the only thing I thought is, is there a possible Dominic turn? Does he actually turn in this match? The, the bit that kind of threw me from it was there's, these been, there's been these vignettes on Raw which seemingly point towards Edge coming back. And but but the vignettes have had like his his previous opponents like bits and pieces that have been related to them. So the, I think there was like a number plate from the Low Rider from like Eddie Guerrero's time. There was just a blatantly a picture of Seth Rollins at one point and like like other people who he's fought. So he's, it, these sort of vignettes do appear that it is going to be Edge that's returning. But then part of me because sort of things like say if the time has passed and things have happened. I don't know if they're then going to go completely new direction with Edge when he comes back or is he coming back for like Balor and Priest yeah um, that was the only thing if, if the SummerSlam's a big event to get a return at obviously Lynch proved that as we just talked about last year but I don't know I, I, I still I still went the way of Judgment Day as, as you've heard so we'll, we'll see I don't know if that's that's maybe giving Paul something to uh, chew over <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I really don't know with this one. Like like you said, the, the whole Judgment Day thing has been snaked in since it started. Um, they've never been able to get any traction with it because injuries, pissing about with members, whatnot. Um, that Finn Balor it's, it's, And it's not as if it's like, it's not as if it's just been like started either. It, it, this is this has been going on since WrestleMania, I think. Well, yes, I guess the the Judgment Day effectively was formed when Damien Priest helped Edge beat AJ at Mania, yeah. Exactly. So we're talking, what, three, four, five months even, potentially? But that 
it never really got off the ground before. It felt like it had had a reset when they changed yeah. when they edge out, and then edge. Uh, like, I don't know if it's just like like you said. This, this I don't know if it could be like they just sort of like use it as a long term story arc where like Edge comes back and says like, "Oh yeah, I had to I had to be shown the error of my ways to sort of really see the light as to like you know." lead the group forward, blah, blah, blah. If he comes out and says that exact phrase, I won't like, I won't put it on retainer by WWE, basically. Um, and you're not even getting an extra half point off us, to be fair. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's nonsense. I mean, that, that, that belt is rightfully mine, and uh, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. And I can say belt, because he's not there anymore. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I really don't know with this one. Um, I'll go for I'll go for I'll go for the Mysterios to win because Edge comes back in some shape or form. Okay. Paul taking the title on this episode of the podcast and uh, clearly giving it away next time. So, um, <laughs> says the guy who consistently finishes last. You're welcome. <laughs> so right, two to go. The SmackDown Women's Titles next on the card. Uh, it's Liv Morgan going in as champion versus Ronda Rousey. Liv Morgan, champion. If you've not been keeping up, that might sound a little bit of a strange one. But yeah, Liv Morgan finally did it. So after months and months of being there or thereabouts in the title scene on Raw, Liv scaled the money in the bank ladder and uh, took the contract and then the SmackDown women's title from Ronda Rousey. Uh, Ronda was a little bit weakened, having just had her match with Natalia. Again, not a bad match to be fair. Um, just as a little bit of a sort of aside again for this one, there have been six different winners of the women's money in the bank. Obviously, counting Carmella, she's kind of had it twice, I guess. But only Carmella herself has held the briefcase for longer than 24 hours. Everybody else has either cashed it in on the night or Asuka then got given the Raw Women's title, so let's say 24 hours after she, she won the ladder match. It seems a little bit of a throwaway thing to say that they did it as to even the things out between the men and the women, maybe they need to work on that next year, I would suggest. Um, but yeah, again, here's the theme again, that big old rematch word coming back. So Ronda gets a rematch for the title. Can can Liv survive the, the first defence? Surely this surely this only ends in with, with one thing happening. Liv gets the surprise win Rousey freaks out, flips out, you know, injures her, tries to hurt her, blah, blah, blah. We get the very, very much over, over like, sort of due and very much needed Ronda Rousey heel turn. That wasn't what I thought you were going to say. So no. are you are you going for Liv to win, then? Liv to retain and Rousey to go mental. Got a little bit of a similar theme, but I can see Andy's itching to get in there. So, like, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get him with this one. I'm going to throw out, throw out some uh, some truth bombs, and I'm going to go with Morgan to retain, but a Ronda Rousey heel turn because that's going to show show I'm, um, you know, I'm doing my research." And then Paul's like, "Here's every word that Andy's about to say. What's going on this evening?" 
I'll tell you what then, you you can have you can have the honors in the last match for sure then, because I don't I think I might have skipped that a little bit tonight for you, so I am sorry. Um, Matt, do you want to no, do you want to take? I've also gone for a Liv Morgan retain as well. Nothing okay. else fancy. I mean, I watched the promo with her and Rousey. Good God, she'll put that on the on the on TV. He's at five to seven because. All those kids will be straight to sleep with a Ronda Rousey promo. Dear God, they are not getting any better, are they? But, I'm, um, I'm still, still a firm believer in the fact that Ronda Rousey is the adult iteration of Angry Miz Girl because she only has that face. It's just the face. Yeah. She doesn't have anything else about her. It's like they told her that the first moment she walked through the doors and then they were like, yeah, nailed it, mate. Crack on. Kind of thing, so... And then not bothered to do anything else since. But yeah, Liv Morgan retained me. Okay. Um, they're dangerously close to if they don't do something quick with Rousey, they're going to lose whatever she's got. Yeah. Which is why. Oh God. I I also have Liv to retain. I also think we will get something that is long overdue, but I think it will be the return of Bailey. To do what, though? So I think that you would probably expect the opposite, maybe, but I think Bailey will somehow interfere to cost Ronda Rousey the match. Interesting. For two reasons, and I think it'll, it, it keeps Ronda Rousey fit in that regard, because... We all know that she can't, they say we've just talked about it, she can't do bad guy because she ends up just looking like a mad cow and that's about as much as she's got. But if she's but if she's allowed to sort of like speak her mind and basically call the audience all pricks and stuff like that, she might get over as a heel. But I think that if you're going to have somebody that needs to carry that character in a feud, it needs to be somebody that's got the skill set Bailey's got because Bailey can go either way with it. She has, she has that ability where if naturally it progresses that the crowd take to her and not to Ronda they'll flip the role they'll flip the roles it'll be the old like the double switch I guess and, and that'll I think she's got that kind of versatility about her um, it would also as well if, if they do that to keep Ronda face I think that Bailey could play the card of that she wants the Smackdown women's title and Liv is probably the easier victory so it kind of sits both ways with that. So I, I have got Liv to win by a DQ and, and I think we will see the return, finally the return of Bailey, um, which, which is probably even longer overdue than Ronda's heel turn, actually, thinking about it. So, yeah. So it does lend itself to another clean sweep, though, for who's going to win the match. Right then, main event time. Last prediction for this podcast and it is the undisputed WWE Universal title match Last man standing between champion Roman Reigns and seeing as he didn't walk off into the uh, sunset, Brock Lesnar. And really, other than Brock, who else can, uh, we've said, who else can legitimately stop Roman Reigns right now? The Beast is back, he's here to take the titles that he couldn't win at WrestleMania. Re- rematch again, was that? Was Yeah, it is a rematch again, you're right. But how are they going to raise them stakes, though? It's the last man standing element. The WrestleMania match, from my memory, was enjoyable. 
I do expect more of the same in this one. Big suplexes, some big hard hitting, and thanks to the stipulation, clearly some sort of shenanigans. You know the question that always befits the Roman Reigns match at this point from me. Is Brock going to win? Or are we just forward march to Dwayne? Andy. Let's, let's, Andy, Andy needs to go first. Right, I, I hate these predictions because I have to go against what I want to say. Because realistically, in, in, in any sort of you know reality, Brock should just walk away with the win here. Simple as that. But he's not going to. So yet again, it's that uh, you know. At some point in time, you know, the Dwayne's going to turn up, and I, don't, I, I, I'm still unsure how the Dwayne is going to solve this problem. Because presumably, he would have to win the belt. That we can say that again now. And then what? Go off to to back to his his day job. I'm not entirely sure what that is these days, but but anyway. I don't like these predictions because I have to say that Brock's not going to win when he should be winning. And uh, for day 600 and whatever, Roman Reigns will retain the title. If that does happen, by the time it reaches the morning after the night before, it'll be 700 days as Universal Champion. So... They'll play the card of the fact that he's going for Brock's record, I think, because Brock is the current longest reigning Universal Champ. Uh, I fully agree with Andy. There's no, I'd like it to be Brock. I think the the complications of what happened on SmackDown last week after the retirement, if there was a plan to give him the titles at SummerSlam, I think that's probably out of the window now. Um. Money in the bank is a bit of a non-entity for me because I don't, as as we discussed, what Matt suggested, I don't see Theory being that guy. I think there was a point where again Vince would have probably have had a bit of a uh, affinity to maybe even let him take Randy Orton's title of the youngest ever world champion. Not now. I'll say this to them. Blue in the face. Roman is not losing those titles until he faces the Dwayne. So yeah, that's that's me done as well. Which leaves uh, Matt. Do you want to go next? I'm gonna go with Lesnar. Just I, I know I know we're building towards the Dwayne, but I just. I feel like there's just got to be a little bit of a freshen up, a little bit of a kind of like in looking at like our our predictions and my predictions in particular. Like there's not a there's not a title change on there. And I think there's got to be something just to kind of shock and freshen and even if it is just like a you know it goes he, he wins it at SummerSlam. We've got um, the, um, the, the the one in Cardiff, um, and then it's all building to Survivor Series, and it's I don't know something on the in the Survivor Series that they kind of come up with another gimmick 
for them to do. Um, but I, I think, you know, that for me, I, I, just I'm, I'm kind of plucking things because I'm just bored of saying Roman Reigns, to be honest. Has, have you just inadvertently stumbled across something there? Because what have they done at Survivor Series for the last however many years now? Is it just going to be Roman Reigns beating himself up for bragging rights? Can't really do that. It's either going to be a night off, or is this their opportunity to somehow split the titles back into two? Yeah. And if Brock does win, and then he clearly he's going to go on to face Drew at Clash at the Castle... The last time they did a stadium show over here, they had the big British title change. Could they pull that again? Get away with it? Give give uh, Drew that moment. Mm. I, I can't threat. see Roman Reigns coming over for it. I can't, I can't see him even being in the country for that Clash of the Castle business if he's not champion. No. If, he lo- if he does lose, as you've predicted, I think he's going on a nice... Months holiday, I would suggest at that point. He's not on any of the posters or anything, is he? No. I mean, no. They uh, they jumped the gun on that one and stuck Cody on there, and look how that turned out. Ah, hello, Corey. <laughs> so right, okay. So Matt has gone for Brock. So Paul, to close out all of the predictions for SummerSlam this time around, who have you got? So there's a rumour doing the rounds. I don't know if you'll have seen this in your capacity as a uh, collector of said items. But apparently there's a, there's a... I don't know if it's a... I don't know if it was a fake or that, but apparently there's a picture of a Brock Lesnar figure that you can buy or that's supposed to be going into production with both the WWE title and the Universal title in the packaging. And obviously, Brock hasn't held those two titles concurrently. So, someone said, oh my God, have whatever the company that does the toys, the the, the figures, just spoiled the main event of SummerSlam. Obviously, that's massive conspiracy theory 101. Uh, so I will go for Roman Reigns to retain, please. Okay. I mean, I have actually one of the last the last figures that I got was actually a Brock Lesnar Ultimate Edition, but it only has the red Universal title with it. Um, the next wave, I think the figures that you're referring to are, 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 will be the next lot of Ultimate Editions way down the line, something like 15 or something. And it's Ultimate Warrior and Brock Lesnar. So maybe that is the figure in question. They could still do that, though, because he has held both titles. Not the blue Universal. Yeah, not the blue one. Well, not not until uh, not until Saturday, according to Matt. So. Okay, so there we are. If it happens, the end- even if it spoils it for you, I'm messaging you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me my Matt, points. Matt will be driving down Give to, me my points. He'll be driving down to take home that title. <laughs> Come to Paul's house for it and then realise it's actually still been Andy's because of COVID and shit. Um, so, yeah. Te- 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 
technically Andy the longest reigning champ in any of the companies. So that's not the that's not the official one. So yeah, so we we have reached the end of our predictions. Thank you very much again for, for joining us. Do let us know in the comments, aside from putting in your uh, competition entries, clearly. Um, and yeah, thanks very much. A anybody else got any any other business for, for this episode of Getting Over? No. All right. Okay, appreciate it. So yeah, thanks again. And uh, we shall see you next time around. And it will be talking about a show that we're actually going to, Matt, as well. So it's exciting. All right. Enjoy. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So there you go. What do you think to that? What do you think to the competition? Have you already entered? If not, just click of a button away and you could be in with a chance to win the Funko Pop. Don't forget, if you haven't subscribed yet, you're also being with a chance to win the other Funko Pop by subscribing. Do also like, share, comment, leave reviews, anything else you fancy doing. Get the podcast out there. Let's do it. You can also check out our website, cookiecast.com. We've got uh, social media links and an email button so you can get in touch with us. There we go. Get in on that competition and you could be in with a chance to win. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then.